Hey everybody, it's John. Thanks for listening this week. Have you ever had someone give you a really good idea? Maybe it's something in a meeting with your coworkers. Maybe it's even an offhand thing. Maybe it's even a joke. But everyone agrees that this is a good idea and it's something that can work. Well, that happened in this podcast. This week's guest is Jake Christensen. And during the podcast, kind of near the end, Jake had a comment about not editing something out. And it sort of stuck. Even after the interview ended, we talked about it, that it might be a good idea just to have an unfiltered episode. And actually, it's an idea that had been brought up to me before. I've had people ask me, what does a full episode sound like? What happens before the interview and at the end of the interview? What would it be like if all the things that would normally be moved around or cut for time actually stayed in? So this week, we're doing something different. We're going to give you an unfiltered, uninterrupted, full interview. The only editing I've done is really just to try to remove the microphone bumps or somebody coughing and trim down some of the longer spaces. I know this is a long episode, but stick with us. We had a lot of fun doing it, and I think you're going to find it really entertaining. But before we start, we still need to remind you that we are a nonprofit theater. So major funding for Whole World Improv Theater and this episode is provided by the City of Atlanta's Mayor's Office of Cultural Affairs. The Office of Cultural Affairs does a lot of really good things for the arts inside this city. And although they'll never admit it, secretly we know that Whole World is their favorite. And now, Episode 5, our interview with Jake Christensen. Okay, we're recording. My goodness. All right. You want to kick us off, John? After I have some, another sip of delicious coffee. Oh, I haven't um, had coffee yet. You got to sip that into the mic and yes, describe the flavors. Well, I would if they paid us, which they don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's true. Well, you don't have to describe where the coffee came from. You know, just I mean? describe the coffee. Yeah, the coffee. It just gets people drinking coffee, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you put microphones in front of you two guys. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah, and you right. thought Tanya was bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, well, if we get done with this interview. That's oh true. my God! Yeah, let's just shake up Jake and watch the fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what am I? Just a, a hornet's nest? Just shake them up <laughs> and throw them at somebody. I got a great story about those. I got a couple of great stories. You have a great about story about hornets? Yeah. <laughs> African murder hornets. I was stung by one. You were stung by an African murder hornet. Yeah. And you lived to tell about it. And I lived to tell the tale. Uh, that's a lie. That's a name. That, that, then they're not really murder hornets then. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, it didn't kill you. Well, they were killer bees at the time, not murder hornets. Yeah. Uh, so the same. So it's the same thing. It's just a different name. Yeah. Ah, who does their marketing? I guess they do it. They have good marketing. The, they need to do uh, our marketing because uh, okay, think, okay, hold I on. Think, We're starting. I think, I think starting. Cheerios does their marketing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. A happy. Uh, so you have a better heart now because you got stung by one of those bees. <laughs> Lower cholesterol. Man, they should be called murder hornets. They should be called like heart health hornets. You know, like I think that would be good. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Whole World Improv Theater Podcast. My name's John Mihalik. With me, my co-host, the artistic director, Mr. Chip Powell. Hey, hey Chip. Hey, John. So, uh, wow. Busy weekend here at Whole World. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot of good stuff going on. A lot of love in the air. And yes. speaking of love, 
Don't we just love a combo when you get a main stage performer who's also a musician? <laughs> because today we have Jake with us. So, uh, Jake, say hey to our two listeners. Hey, guys. Hey, what's up? I'm going to guess their names. Carol and... Mike or something. I think yeah. you, yeah, I think you nailed it. <laughs> I think I nailed it. All right. What's up, Carol? Mike, how's it going? <laughs> We're going to give them producer credits. Um, they should. They deserve it. So, hey, how long have you been with Whole World Theater? Oh, gosh. I, I want to say it's like been like four years now. I think it's like 2017. So, yeah, has, has that been like four or five years? I think it'll be like five years come like sometime this year. <laughs> yeah. I think it was right before you grew that amazing stash. Right before I grew I've always had this stash. Have you? I started growing yeah. this stash when my niece was born. Okay. When um, was that? <laughs> like, wait, maybe 2011 or something like that. Okay. Maybe, something right. like that. Yeah, okay. wait. Um, yeah, maybe earlier. Maybe 2008 or something like that. Yeah, it was kind of a weird thing. I was like, let me just try growing this out, I guess. So I know it's a little cliche, but I was like, sure. And I've kept it ever since. I would look weird if I shaved, I feel. I'd have too much of a baby face. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? You wouldn't look as manly. I wouldn't look as manly. Exactly. Well, I need the thing to cover my double chin, right? You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> always a that. good That's always a good trick. I need, you know what I mean? I might have a, to do that soon. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it, gives me a, it gives you a jawline, right? You know? So. Yeah, just be careful with the neck beard. You don't want to. Yeah, I know. Call I know. attentions or yeah. part you're trying to. I want to say that, Jake, you are always a mystery. We want to know about your past because we I'm a don't, mystery. We don't. Yeah, you are always a mystery here at Whole World. I'm a, that's interesting. I'll, yes. I'll take that. We don't cool. really know much about you other than your sense of humor <laughs> and your the, the mad of. guitar skills. Oh, okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. Your mad guitar. So tell us, uh, <laughs> take us all the way back to your childhood and what got you interested in music and or theater hmm well I, I probably was in the music first before i got into theater um i started playing guitar probably like 10 years old so i've been playing for like 25 years now and i think what got me into it um no one in my family really plays i mean i think my older brother might have had like an acoustic that he'd kind of just strum a little bit i used to love raffi as a kid you guys remember raffi raffi yeah did like the baby beluga in the deep blue sea so, so you never heard of Raffi? He was like this big, like, you know. Anyway, well, he got me as a kid. There's some videos of me, like, in this cowboy hat, and I have a tennis racket, and I'm, like, pretending I'm playing the guitar on the tennis racket. Uh, so maybe have, it's always please been Please tell in me you have pictures of that. I, I'll ask my mom. I'll see if I can, I'll see if I can <laughs> find that somehow. So, and I had, like, this wild, blonde, curly hair. I think when I was, like, two or three, my parents dressed me up as Harpo Marks. Oh, wow. Because uh, I had sort of the hair like Harpo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so I had the suit, and I had the horn, and of course, they took the horn away from me pretty quickly, I think. Um, I was I'm just... sure they did. <laughs> yeah. Because even now, I know you, and I'm yeah. sure they, that's oh, yeah. why I hide the cowbell here. That's, that's true. <laughs> you should, as you should. Um, so I got into music. I, you know, was big into like, you know, at the time I was big into like Metallica and stuff and like, you know, I love Pearl Jam and like Hendrix. And so I had those, I always wanted to play. So I picked up guitar and played that for a bit. And then, um, when I got into high school, I started playing and I played football a lot. So I was a big sports guy and I did both. I, you know, um, until I, I broke my leg, like I destroyed my leg. I like broke my, my shin was at like a right angle and I had to get like metal at like two plates and 16 screws all put into it. Um, and how old were you? Like 14. What? You know? So I was, yeah, I was like freshman year of high school and stuff and, um, broke it. And, and I, and if I didn't break my leg, like my goal was like, oh, I love to play for college and stuff. I mean, I wasn't like that big of a kid, but I was working out and I was trying to get like as big as I can, you know, I'm not that tall or anything, but, uh, my goal was to be a football player, but then my leg happened. And so I was injured for a while. So, and I still dabble guitar, but like maybe not as much. So during my time, my leg being broken, it probably took about like maybe eight months, maybe even like a whole year. I felt like I was like out, 
because I had to get surgery. And then, and then eventually I got surgery to get the metal taken out because I was going to try to play again. But it was never the same. Like, I just never could physically run the same. Plus, like, mentally, you have, like, that in the back of your head. You're like, damn, I got, like, really hurt here, so let me be more careful. But during that time, I got more into my creative self. As a kid, I always loved playing with toys. I loved watching movies and with the toy. I, I had so many G.I. Joes. And back in the 90s, they made toys out of everything, you know? I mean, I had, like, Independence Day toys. I had, like, a big Jeff, I had a Jeff Goldblum toy. You know? and, uh, <laughs> so I would play with my action figures and recreate all these scenes. So I was always a storyteller in my mind, I guess. And so during this time in high school, I broke my leg and I kind of gave up football. And that's when I got into more of the arts. And so at my high school... They would do certain programs that have shows like they had something called like Musity, which would combine music and comedy. They had like this mudslide, a show called Mudslide. And students can come up and they're like, I'm going to audition. If you're like, hey, I have a poem. I, I write poetry. You can come up and do a poem. Someone could be like, I do stand up or I play guitar. I have a song um, or there's like a sketch thing, you know. Um, so it was all that sort of stuff. And then the big one of the year was something called, um, gosh, I'm trying to remember, uh, Poetry Live, right? So, so it was a lot of poetry, really, because there was a, a, we had a teacher and he had a program. It was like literary magazines. So our high school put out this magazine of students that were in the class and you kind of put it together. You're like, oh, I'm the editor and this and that, you know. So you put it to get, you know, and people write poems or stand up or whatever. So we do these shows. And in high school, I grew up my hair. I was in a rock band. We were called Whirling Dervish. It was oh, awesome. I've, I've seen your senior picture. Oh, yeah. It's great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you ever uh, take a ruler and measure the size of that afro? Oh, uh, it was it was long. I mean, that was, I mean, I, well, I think during COVID, I grew up my hair along again. That was probably the longest I had. But in high school, it was, yeah, it would fro. I would get it straightened because I just hated it, like, poofing out. I wanted it just to fall down. I wanted it to look like Eddie Vedder, essentially. Yeah. But I couldn't because my hair just poofed. Yeah, we'll yeah. need a picture of this also. Yes, yeah, so I'll get a picture. I'll get a, I have yeah. pictures of all these. Bethany will want it for promo. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and she'll uh, hound us for it. Yeah. Oh, I have some good ones. Um, And so, and it was one year, and I had this friend, and, and they would host this poetry live show. And so this is around the time when, like, Siegfried and Roy, I think they got attacked by the, one of them got attacked by the tiger and stuff mm -hmm. so they're like let's do a bit and they're like well jake you're you're a fro i guess i look like a lion which first off sick had a tiger but anyway they were like because of my fro <laughs> they're like you look like a lion let's we want to put you in this show and uh i was like a sophomore in high school so i was like oh this is cool you know and you get out of class too because they do it like during school like you like i was off like school for like two weeks and you you know when you have to take homework home and all this stuff but i had to wear this like tiger lion-esque spandex essentially for like two weeks and perform it in front of my whole school and pretend like I would I'd pretend I was the, the lion slash tiger and attack the trainer and stuff. And I wore spandex and, uh, you know, my parents, my parents came to one show cause they would, they would perform it like in the weekends and stuff too. So during school days. And so, you know, I think my parents, they, they booked out of there. They were like, they're like, he's not our son. Um, <laughs> I mean, they, they were fine. They were fine, but they were a little just like, what? You know, I'm like, I'm wearing spandex and I'm just like, you know, I have to run around the stage and the crowd pretending I'm this like lion on the loose or whatever. So that kind of got me into it, I guess, into just theater stuff. So in high school, I was heavily involved with this. And, you know, I would do some stand-up stuff. And obviously our band, we'd perform. And then I hosted it as well. And then college, that's when I, like, got more into improv. And uh, found these guys who trained out of Chicago. And uh, they had this little, like, black box theater that was in West Palm. And took their classes, trained with them. And then that kind of got balls rolling. And I went to train a little bit in some Chicago, Second City, and, like, Annoyance. Because those guys came from Annoyance Theater, which is, like, one of the top I don't even know if they're still open there right now, but they were one of the top three in Chicago, right? It was like Second City, Improv Olympic, and like the Annoyance Theater. And so that got me started into it. And what I loved about improv was, I guess it came from my childhood of always playing with like action figures and I was making up scenes. I liked stand up a little bit, but I felt 
improv is more my calling because I just like to play pretend. I want to like, re- like not necessarily recreate, but so like make up my own scenes, you know? Like, especially when you're a kid, you get to play outside with cap guns yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And you embody this thing, you know? And, and I always loved doing that. I had Spider-Man pajamas as a kid and I'd pretend I was Spider-Man and stuff. I, I'd wear my, my mom had this like red headband that I'd put over my eyes and pretend I was RoboCop, you know? <laughs> Even though I couldn't see anything, I'd be like, I'd be like, I'm blind in my house, but I'm just pretending I'm RoboCop, you know? And, or like she had another one and I'd be like, I'm Jordy, right? You know, from, <laughs> yeah. from Star Trek. Um, you just needed a Fram oil filter. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that got me, you know, that got me into it. And, and so I took like one class. I had, a, I had a buddy who I did like a, a movie with and he was like, oh, you should come check this out. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll come check it out. So I, I came and I fell in love with it immediately. I was like, this is super fun. You know, uh, we did the short form stuff and just, you know, I guess I always felt comfortable on stage because in high school I was able to like do that and host and Mm -hmm. if you could wear spandex in front of your whole school Mm -hmm. and run around I feel like you can well you're basically kind of wearing spandex and running around when you're in football well, that's true, right? I mean, that is kind of true. Fair enough. I mean, it is kind of the same thing. That's true. And you're getting tackled, you know, you know, you're slapping each other's ass. You're like, good game, man. You know, so it's like, you know, I guess you're right. You know, there's no shade, you know. So, so yeah, I fell in love with improv. And then I just sort of, I joined this theater, essentially. It was just called like the Black Blocks Theater. It was very small. It was probably like half the size of this. And these guys, uh, you know, they taught it. And um so it, what form of improv are you doing at the Black Box? Mainly short form to start off with, right? Uh, but they sort of, like, they would have different levels, kind of how we do. Um, I'm trying to remember, the, like, the like the names of the levels. But almost like your beginner enemy, you know, but, like, so, like, the, the main hub of the people were doing, like, your short form stuff. It would be kind of like, here's Whole World Presents, you know, this mm-hmm. group. But then, as you kind of advanced, you can kind of create your own troop, you know, and you can kind of find house people teams. that you're working with. Yeah, yeah, and there'd be house teams and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So our shows would almost be, like, either a mixture of some of those, or one group would just be that show. Um, it just kind of depends. We would perform at other theaters around. Sometimes we'd perform at some bars and stuff like that. So some of the groups I got part of it, some of them would be sketch groups. Like, I was part of a sketch group for a bit. We would do some improv, a lot of sketch. Mm-hmm. And then... Two of my friends and I at the time, we just, we formed ourselves and then we were, that was our group for a while. We were called small, medium, large because of like the, just our height differences and stuff. And we mainly did long form at this point. So like when I started off, it was short form, learning that. And then once I sort of advanced more, it was like learning like the Herald and stuff and like other, like Armando and other sort of long form styles. Yeah, yeah. And then we would do those types mm-hmm. of forms for shows. And then once you just sort of like kind of you were like still part of the company, but you broke off and you had your own, you know, house team sort of deal with and you go from there. And so we do a bunch of shows. We perform for some high schools and stuff like that during the day or even at night where they'd have, you know, certain events. We have like, there was mag- certain magnet schools around where I lived that were like just for like creative kids and stuff like that. So they were also getting into it. And so we'd come perform there and do like workshops with them. So I taught a little bit too, some workshops and even some class classes and stuff, mainly the short form stuff and a little bit of long form I taught too. But yeah, so yeah, so performed, you know, so did some festivals around Florida and stuff like that. Um, not too many, because then that was probably towards the end when I was getting out of it, I guess, maybe just making some change, you know. And then that, actually, I, I probably stopped probably like a year or so before I moved here in like 2015 is when I moved. So What brought you to Atlanta? Um, a change, you know. I mean, I wanted to get like more into the film scene. My oldest brother lived up here for many years, so uh, he was like, "You can come stay with me for a little bit, but you have like only like a few months to get out." So, yeah, get my shit together and get out. So, as a true brother would say, ex- exactly. So, but he was a good brother. He bought me. He, he bought me pretty much. I still have my bed set and everything, you know, because he's like, "All right, we got you a bed," and 
you know, a dresser and all this stuff, which I still have. And I'm like, thanks. All right. In fact, all the furniture I have is all hand-me-downs practically because I got some from clients and stuff too. They're like, I'm get rid of this bookshelf. And I'm like, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Well, and I want to, for folks from Whole World that are probably listening, describe the difference between short form improv and going into long form improv. Like, what's that process for you? Like, how did it feel for you? Um, it definitely could feel different at first because you're sort of, but it's interesting because it's like, I feel like the process of when you're starting to learn improv is like basic scene work, right? And then you kind of get into the games of the stuff. So then go, so then it, it's almost like kind of going back to the roots. It's just, it's just like, now we're going to take those roots of just basic scene work and we're going to like expound upon it. And that was always my favorite of doing improv was just scene work, I guess, because that felt the most like freeing in a way, you know, like, because I guess if, about that playing pretend I get to be this and they get to be that, you know, it's, and, and then, and then I like just, you know, you sweep, you know, basically when we're the long form troupe, we just basically, when we were small, medium, large, we mainly just did vignettes half the time like there was we didn't always stick to a format sometimes we would do like i can't remember the one where it's like you do a monologue and then like you kind of do scenes based off that and then another person comes up and that's kind of like the armando that's kind of like the armando yeah, right yeah. yeah so we would do some stuff sometimes but half the time it would just be sort of like hey let's just we'll talk to the audience and then get an inspiration do a scene and then like just each scene will just build upon it you know yeah but the, as far as the process goes i mean yeah it's kind of getting back to your roots um it could feel you know it can almost feel, it, it can feel intimidating because it's a little bit like more on you, right? As a performer, right? Yeah. You know, because it's like you don't have an MC to control what you're doing, you know. So you have to sort of like self-edit, you know, and know when to do that, you know. And sometimes you can get in your head about it. And you're like, you're like, oh, that was a good. I should end That's it here. Like the number one thing when I teach long form here, the first thing I teach is everyone has to self-edit. Self-editing, yeah. Yeah, you have to start self-editing because if you don't, because that's the thing about long form, if you've got a strong troop that really they're well connected and you know the strengths of each person working with you, you can lend things into a long form that make it more successful because I've also seen where newly formed troops because we used to do long form down in the other space mm -hmm. and you would see a young group of college kids coming in that had only done it a couple of times and you really want to support them. But then you also are like, oh, my God, this is never going to end. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so you also go, you're like, and like you're watching people leave the room and you're like, you're feeling bad for them because people are just leaving and you're like, oh my God, uh, just, just go ahead and end it. It shouldn't be longer than 45 minutes. Let's go. Oh, yeah. So, well, you know, there's all those risky endeavors that you take on when you're doing a long form for sure i feel like with long form it's it's a bigger risk right it, like mm -hmm. when you see bad long form it's it's rough because because yeah. right because you're like it should just end why are, why are they ending this yeah. you know and so sometimes yeah long form i feel like it's a very high risk high reward situation you know because it's like yeah if you don't do it well it could really like uh you know people could be like Ugh. but then if you do it well then people are like oh wow okay that's great you know and short form i do love because it's it's more poppy it's a little bit like um it's all to say they both they both are fun in just their own different ways, you know. Like short form, I love because it's basically just like uh, it seems more fast paced. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. It just it's just sort of like you know, it's like it's just like a machine gun fire of of just here you go and different mm -hmm. stuff, and it sort of like keeps the audience a bit more on the edge of their seat because they don't know what they might be getting next. Long form, I think, can do the same thing. It's just it's like you said, you just have a very cohesive group, you know, which is mm -hmm. the one thing. Um, well, you said in the beginning when I 
joined ISP here. So going back to, I guess, well, I'll say what you said was like, get to know each other because mm-hmm. I do believe, you know, if we're talking like the secrets of improv and stuff, yeah. like I think that's one of them is one of them is really, yeah. you got to be cool with the people. Cause if you're comfortable, yeah. if you know them, mm-hmm. then A, you're having fun. Cause then now they're not just like your fellow performers yeah. or castmates, they're friends. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, that's been the number one thing that I've personally tried to inject into this company is the fact that You know, there are still people from 25 years ago that took classes here that are really good friends that I'm still connected with outside of this company. They've gone on, they've gotten married, they've had children, but they're still friends. And I still reach out and go meet them for coffee or a glass of wine. And, And I think that was the thing that was like the nail on the head is that you've built not only a likability to all of the other performers, but also deep seated friendship with some of these people. Yeah. And I think that that helps with the comedy. It helps bring the show together. It's why people come in and go, wow, that was amazing. And it's because we know each other. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, that's the importance. I mean, when I moved here, um, I had a girlfriend at the time. We were together for like six years. We broke up. So I was a bit just down in the dumps. Didn't know what to do. And I was like, I need to meet new people because I didn't have like any friends up here, really. It's just my brother and I. And I had some coworkers and stuff at the time. I, I worked at this like dog daycare place just to get a job and steady income so I could move out and got an apartment. Uh, so I was looking for new things to do. I joined a couple like acting classes at like Alliance Theater. I was like, oh, you know, meet some people. But I was like, you know what? I'll get back in the improv because I didn't do it for a couple of years. Uh, and I was like, all right, let me let me get back into this. And so I shopped around. You know, I, I checked out some of the other the other local places. But Whole World was felt the most familiar. I was like, these are games that I remember. This is a vibe that I, it just felt familiar. I was like, this is going to be the place where I'm going to gel the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember seeing, you know, seeing, I would come to like all like the Thursday shows. I'd come to even like the, uh, you know, Atlantic station shows and stuff like that. I remember the first time, cause then I remember I was like, all right, I want to join a class, but I was like, I don't want to do one-on-one cause I'm pretty experienced and I feel like that would be, but then it's like, all right, I could maybe join like a two on a three or one, but then you miss out on getting to know all the people, right? Like then you're the new guy coming in the middle where everyone's got to know each other for a few months. So I was trying to, to figure out, but then I saw, oh, this ISP thing, the improv studies program. And one, it felt that also was the most affordable for me too at the time. Um, and then two is because it was like, oh, an, an audition. And I was like, okay, I can do that. You know, so I, I signed up. I remember like probably like the weekend before, whenever before you had it, you had an improv in the park and I came to Pig in the Pearl. We're all having this stuff. And I remember... And I would talk to Carlos a lot. Like, he would recognize me. Because when we all come on the crowd, yeah. he'd be like, hey, man, you're back. What's up? And I'm like, yo, hey, you know. And I would talk with him a lot and try to talk with some of the performers. And I remember, like, trying to talk to Chip one time. And we were picking the pearl. And I was about to talk to you. But you got, like, distracted with somebody else. And I was just like, okay, I'll just go. But then you remembered that. Because when I came at the audition, Chip was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I wanted to talk to you and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Okay, he, you remember that. That's cool. And I, have, I wouldn't have, like, hold it against you if you didn't. I was like, whatever. But I was like, oh, that's really cool. It felt important, I guess. I felt like I mattered. Mm-hmm. So I did the audition. It was good. And then joined the ISP. And, and I just loved it. And, you know, and, and Paige and I, you know, became very close friends. She, she was in the ISP program with me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've just loved it ever since, really. So it's just, I feel like this place sort of, it gave me like another sense of belonging, I guess. Because I was just feeling like, ah, I don't, you know, where am I going to go? What I got to, you know, and joined here. And I was like. This is this is what you're talking about, you know. You have rehearsals every week, which is like that's totally. You got the shows. It was fun doing the. It was fun doing the shifts. I started off doing like I did all the stuff like lights. Lights was my favorite because I just love being in the booth. House managers were my least favorite just because I'm like I got to mingle with people, um, <laughs> you know. And I, and I, I can be shy sometimes. Oddly enough, like it, it just depends on like 
what mask I can put on in that moment, you know? I mean, what I love about the stage is that you can be anything you want, you know? Mm-hmm. See, that's why that's why people ask, well, what is stand-up or improv? I'm like, I like improv because you could be anything you want to be. Stand-up, mm-hmm. you're you. Yeah, you could be a character. You could do stuff, but you're you. And then also the audience is more on your side at improv. So anytime I have talk yeah. classes or when I come here for the music stuff or we do music classes and everyone's always scared about the music stuff, and I always tell them, like, listen, the audience is forever on your side because they look at us and they go, I can't do what you're doing. With stand-up, they go, okay, you've had time to write jokes. Let's see you. Let's see you impress me. <laughs> you know, so I feel like there's a little bit of that. Well, I got a standard here as an audience, but improv, they're like, oh my God, how did you do that? On the spot? You mean this isn't written? You know, and they always are so baffled by it. And so I'm like, improv, it's almost like if you need some good validation in your life, like do some improv because the audience will laugh at you because they're going to be like immediately impressed by what you can do because they can't do it, you know? And there's a reason why they're in the audience and we're on the stage. You know, so, uh, so yeah, joined it. And uh, I could still remember my, some jokes I had in the grad show, and the, which was really fun. And uh, did a couple shows before the grad show because they were like, you should, you know, get in and mingle. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I remember being like, and I guess how you get to know people here, because this past rehearsal we talked about with some of the people like connection and getting, right, being friends and doing this stuff. And how I did it here was you just hang as late as possible. You know, you just, yeah, you're just like one of the last people in the bar, you know, even when the bartender leaves, it's all locked yeah. up and there's like a small little group still outside the parking lot and you're just talking and you're making jokes mm-hmm. and you're just getting to know each other. And that right there is what I would yeah. tell everybody coming in. If you're new, your apprentice or whatever, come in and like, just stick around. You know, mm-hmm. the, the people that have been here, they'll, they'll, if you're feeling like, oh, I just, you know, shy, you know, and I get that. I was nervous coming in here and you're like, okay, you know, how do you find? You know, you stick with like the people you know in your class, but you know, the newer people, you're like, I just take a chance because they'll do it. We're all kind of weird here. You know, everyone's kind of (laughs) shy. You know, we all have like, there's a lot of like social awkwardness of people, you know, because I feel like improv brings all the sort of like misfits of the world together. You know what I mean? Just Oh yeah. The theater geeks, the people who didn't know they were theater geeks. Yeah, exactly. And um, you're like, how many times have we gone out after a show? Plenty of times. Absolutely. Just like, all right, who's hungry? Yeah, that's was, all you've got to say, and then about five or six people oh, yes. raise their hands. Because uh, you're always hungry after a show. You build up yeah. a big appetite, honestly, because you're out here, you're running around, you're right. doing like physical stuff, you know, and you're like, I'm starving, I need to eat something. And then you want to like celebrate. It's like a celebratory thing. Yeah. You know? You're like, I want to celebrate. Let's get But some- it's also the moment that you get here and you're like, I'm not really hungry. But then like Paige's mom brings all these. <laughs> oh, it's oh, great. Oh, yeah. And things and you're just like, I'm going to eat that. Oh, yeah. I'll eat it. And then I'm like lethargic on the stage. I'm like, uh, it's like stunt doubles. And I'm like, I'm going to throw up. Like, the the other one me. is that, you know, we do private events. And many times people, like a group of them will, like from a business or just friends, will have a cocktail party oh, yeah. before the show. Mm-hmm. And it's catered. And so we all get in here for download and we smell like what I think a month ago there was like this huge Mexican buffet out there. And I'm just like, oh, like I didn't realize I was so hungry. I want to go out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and sometimes they send it back to us, which so, is nice. Yeah. I know. Those yeah, are the best people. And then, and then, the bonus. And then the some bonus. keep it and you're like, how dare you keep it? How dare you keep the food you catered? Give it to us. So, You're starving theater people. Come on. <laughs> on the off chance that one of our three listeners is considering this. You get a better show if you feed the actors. I mean, that is true. I wish actually that would be great if like, we should make some promo about that. Like, you know what I mean? Like come in, like bring food for the actors, $10 off your ticket or something. I mean, that would be great. I would eat that. Up. I would eat that up literally. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hey, it's uh, maybe something you can implement. <laughs> yeah. 
Get on that. I am known for eating on stage. I do do that sometimes. I'll, I'll be like, if I have chips back there, I just like to incorporate it sometimes in scenes. It's just kind of fun to be eating something. I don't know. I, I remember <laughs> that you and I, some of our first scenes together, you were always eating. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we actually ate cookies out of each other's We mouths. have. <laughs> you're not the only one. I mean, Jim Barrett and I, one time, I think we were like, I think you emceed it, Chip, and uh, we had crackers or something, or somebody, maybe it was either you or Tanya or somebody, but it was a repeat scene, or no, or it was like a remote styles. And we were basically kept forward and repeating, putting food in each other's mouth. We were like birds. I mean, we were just like, ah, here we go. And just it was this chewed up <laughs> glob of crackers in each other's mouths. And you're just like, you, you get close to people here, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's very gross when you hear it. But it's oh, like yeah. in the moment on the oh, stage, you're like, I you clean do the actor's refrigerator on a regular. <laughs> and the crap that I find in there is always... Uh, interesting. Oh, absolutely. There's creatures that grow in that thing. There, so. Yeah. Well, no, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore because, but there are some of those M&Ms in there that, oh, that you were asking a, about. I requested the bowl of M&Ms. And, all uh, brown. All, yes, yeah, exactly. And I, I want all the green M&Ms. So well, can, you can, can go grab on. the bag and get all the green out yourself. I will get those green M&Ms and I will, they will melt in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about the fact that, you know, this goes back to when we talked to Michael Sweeney in season one, how Sweeney was just always bringing his guitar because it was just something that he, I think it kept him occupied from not being nervous to be on stage. Mm, yeah. But we all were paying attention and we, he started doing something called musical impersonations. Then we were doing musical renegade videos with him and then he was on stage doing music so we were like oh my god so we've got to find the talents like what else do these people do do they play keyboard do they play violin like we see becca do but so what's that moment that you go from in class performing we figure out you got a guitar like what's it like to be the musician in the show I, you know I, I absolutely love it honestly like it's tell. it's uh, you know people will often ask me what do you like doing better than music or performing and it's a 50 50 it might just there might be an edge of 51 to 49 depending on like my feeling because what I do love about doing the music is because I guess because at heart I feel like, okay, I was always a musician before I got into improv, let's say. So so it hits me at like a, a core um, and it's different. Um, I, 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 it's like I like playing that support, I guess. Uh, and I and when I first started doing it, so basically um, some of the old previous musicians had left and moved. And I think some I, I'm trying to remember exactly. I might have told you in an ISP or something like that. So I think it was word that I did play some guitar because even before all the musicians left, there was a couple times where it'd be like last minute. I think it was last minute for a show one time. Tanya hit me up and she's like, we need a musician. Like, and you just and I was like, I'll just bring my acoustic. This is before any thoughts of me ever being a musician or any of that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I just brought my acoustic and just like played for a show and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And at first I was very nervous about it because I was like, oh, this is, I've dabbled with like me playing guitar and doing songs for like back when I did improv for some more long form stuff, but um, never like this, never like I'm the accompaniment musician for like a theater sort of deal. So it was, it was new and it was a little bit, I was like, oh, the pressure's on because it's, because for me, I'm like, I don't care if I sound great. Like when it's like, sounds like a song, sounds like a rap or any musical stuff. For me, it's not about. It's cool when the audience could be like, hey, that was a really cool thing you played or something like that. I'm like, oh, it's neat. But it's never about that. I like the support. I like being 
making the performer shine as best I can. Uh, so some of the things I play, I'm like, I'll just keep it as simple as I can just to kind of make it, you know, it's about the performers, right? They got to be able to sing to it and do it. And then why, when people ask of music or performing and why I say performing, because you get the glory of the stage. I mean, like when I'm a musician and I watch, there are times where I'm like, oh man, I want to be up there. Like, oh, you know, like sometimes I could be like in the scene with them and I'm like, oh. So when I'm there in the musician spot, I will envy being on the stage. And sometimes when I'm on stage, sometimes I'll envy being in the music spot because I'm like, oh, this is because I just like to play music and just anytime I can play. So so when all the musicians were, were gone, I, I think you guys sort of just I feel like it just sort of like fell into place. I, I can't remember if it was necessarily like asked or yeah. exactly the you know how it happened, but it just sort of because I, I started training with them because it was known that they were going. So I was training with like Justin and, and Will and stuff. And yeah. And so in the beginning, I was nervous about it because I was like, I want to do a good job. I want to make sure everyone. You know, so I was very, I would always question after a show, like, hey, was that okay? Was the music okay? Was it this? And more often than not, people just say, yeah, it was fine. So I've really felt I've grown into that position. And uh, so it's been, it's been neat. It's been weird. It's been interesting, you know, because it's like, I just recently got main stage, not like a few months ago, like what, September. And that was really awesome. You know, I felt really. Uh, well, that was going to be my next question. Yeah. So what was that like for you after all the hard work from the class program, from the improv studies program to an apprenticeship, adding musician, and now your main stage. Tell people what that process is like and how it affects you. I mean, it was um, it was definitely a really cool ride because I was here at the Improv Studies, yeah, and then I became an apprentice, which that was really cool. I remember getting the call, and I was like, this is awesome. So now I'm a part of the theater, and you're doing shifts, and then I'm like, you know, moving into the musician spot. Now I'm like permanent musician. I'm still an apprentice. And it was a cool spot because I was sort of like, I floated between the two. I was like, I was with the main stage a lot because I was doing a lot of main stage shows. I was doing apprentice shows as well because also I'd performing apprentice shows and doing the music for them. So I was like, I'm this apprentice, but I'm also this like weird, like in the shadows main stager kind of, but I'm like the musician. Like, so, and then when I became main stager, it was sort of like, it felt like complete. Like, it just, like, the planets align, like, it finally, like, the puzzles, like, all fit together sort of deal. And, you know, sometimes my, some regrets is that I feel like I probably could have performed more. And that's would be my advice to a lot of people. Like, okay, if it's like, how do I come to main stage? It's like, you just got to, you know, just keep signing up. Show or you have a MC like me who says, okay, Jay, get on stage. And that's true. And, and bring and, your guitar well, and yes, let's make yes. him. I'm going to get you on stage, however I can get you on stage. That's true, and you did. And I was like, and I never took your, I I never asked you if you were comfortable with it, because I was like, I'm not giving him an option, (laughs) because I already know the talent, and he's got this, and so I would just pull you up on stage. Which I I would appreciate. As apprentices, we knew Jake was going to be on main stage, not because he's just uber talented, and I mean this from the heart, but it was something that behind your back we were talking about oh really because every time you know because chip would stop in the middle of rehearsal and say um why aren't you signing up for more shows jake yeah (laughs) well (laughs) jake why the hell aren't you and it would just keep coming up damn it jake why aren't you signing up for more shows (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's true that's my regrets i wish i would have signed up more shows i could maybe i would have been main stage you know a while back but that's on me so all of us were just sitting over here just going like oh well if uh chip wants him on the stage he clearly has a plan for him oh it's true chip would always and that's true that's and i would appreciate it because it's just sort of like he would call you (laughs) (laughs) phone calls phone calls there were a lot of there was a lot of communication (laughs) <laughs> that is true. That is true. And there'll probably still be a lot of communication. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm yes. Sh- oh, yes. Absolutely. So, and no, it, it felt it felt really special. I felt really, like, honored. I was like, okay, cool. Because, yeah, yeah. 
you know, we all we all get the self-doubt, right? You know, and sometimes I'll get in my head and be like, oh, I don't feel like I'm that good or this or that. Because especially there's yeah. so many talented people here yeah, yeah. that sometimes you watch them and you're like, damn, you know, and you kind of question yourself. You're like, am I even that good? Like, these good people are getting standing ovations and like they're getting a lot of laughs. And sometimes you kind of like, you're like, damn, am I that funny? And then and then it feels nice when people believe in you and people are like, nah, you should have been, you know, yeah. heck yeah, we're you know, well, behind you back that- all the way. In all the years that I've been doing this, I think people's own insecurities hold them back. Absolutely. And when you see something in somebody, sometimes you can help them overcome it to soar in the craft. But then there's other times that you find that, you know, you put a lot of work into it and it's just not going to happen. Right. And, but they still leave and you still know, wow, this is such a talented person that's leaving. And I wish they knew how talented they really were. And that self-doubt is sometimes the killer of your own path and performance. And so watching people go through that process over the years, I'm usually pretty good about spotting it and being able to manage it because you just recently in rehearsal wrote a original piece with Sharon, uh, Shannon, and with, uh, and, and I personally called Shannon and I'm mentoring with her now. Great. But Mm -hmm. to see that performance and the way that you guys wrote it, rehearsed it, delivered it, everybody was so impressed, the rest of the company members, because we were just doing this for company members. And she approached me after rehearsal last week and said, you know, mentor me, I need some notes. And I said, after that performance last week, she was great. You're on point. Like, and so when you see something like that and you can harness it and you can say, now, okay, now you get out of your comfort zone and start doing more things like things that are going to make you well-rounded in the industry no for sure for sure and sometimes you just got to force it right i mean that's why i appreciate being like when you're like i didn't even ask i'm like "Ah, that's fine you know but but you know hey i I would come to deliver you know there'd be there'd be times where i'm like just not in the mood i'm just like you know i'm just you know and when i'm doing music i can kind of be if i'm like i can be a little bit out of whatever you know it's a different mindset when you're stage you're like i gotta get ready you know but music if i'm like feeling down whatever i'm like all right you know and times the chip is like get up there and i'm like gosh all right and i get up there and i'll be like all right it's showtime baby you know time to be professional we're doing this here we go you know feeling down today but hey gotta get up there now so it's been a great ride honestly yeah. you know and i mean i love it here you know and i think well, everyone to feel like family right and you know tough love comes with family it's true mm-hmm. and i have never edited myself when talking about it and not in a hurtful way because i don't want anyone to feel hurt I just want people to know this is what we're, this is what's really working for you. And if we can stay focused on that, because it's hard to navigate this business when you're working with so many different personalities and you're trying to have all of them work well together because there's going to be tough spots like with any family. But I do know that every time we get down to a company event, like we're all going to have a holiday party and we're going to have karaoke and people want to bring the favorite thing that they cook or make. And then we're going to have fun stealing gifts from each other. Oh yeah. And it's just when you're in my position and you're sitting back and watching that play out, it's like the most proud moment of the job because you're like, okay, these people are really gelling right now and they're having a good time. So you want to try to keep that all the way around. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
And then there's sometimes people that say things that are inappropriate. <laughs> Uh, Why'd you put me? Well, no. Chip, well, let's let's talk about your joke last night, Chip. Oh yeah. no, it wasn't a joke. <laughs> I was I was primed to... and ready for the show, oh, yes, and I was yes, just yes. trying to show everyone in the room yeah. that I was on point. <laughs> like it, it went off, it happened. I said it. He's ready yeah, for our exactly. listeners. Yeah, I'm... yeah. For our listeners, I'm not asking any details because I probably will have to edit it out anyways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> probably you probably would. I know. I'm surprised that thus far we haven't really talked about an edit point with Jake. So I've been pretty good. Yeah, I think you, I've been, you've been, I've been a good boy. <laughs> you know, I've been pretty good so far. I mean, I mean, John and I before this we're talking about you know the green M. Speaking of M and M's, yeah. Talking about, of, we, we were talking M&Ms, about the green M and M being yeah. sexy. And yeah. we were like, listen, you can take away her go-go boots all day, but she's still sexy. You yeah. Know? That that's. Yeah. That, yeah, you know, M and M's are how? Oh my God, we spend all this money branding her and advertising her. Yeah. I mean, you know, you people know. wonder why furries exist, and you're like, well, when you make someone like Lola Bunny, and you have like the old Robin Hood movie, you know what I mean? You know, I mean, you're like, you're Ooh, gonna do it, you know? You're that's gonna make a deep people cut, but yeah, the Robin Hood movie. The Robin Hood. No, no, I'm with you on the Robin Hood movie or right, uh, like the old school Chitara like, on Thundercats. There you go, John. Don't own a cat, John. Uh, don't, I hope you don't have a cat. That's why John has a dog. That's the first time I, th- I saw the ep- Tiger King and I'm like, oh, is this Pachitara? Is that what you called yourself as a kid? You're like, I'm the Tiger King. <laughs> Tiger King, yeah. Because <laughs> you had a big full, you know, life-size pillow. Over well, and I want to talk about, you know, it's so funny that we do comedy and it's tough in today's society to navigate the waters of, are you woke or right. are you they or them or what's appropriate, what's considered inappropriate now. And I just don't like putting so many parameters on comedians and performers to say, what is the line? Right. Oh yeah. Agreed. And I think we toe the line pretty well here. I think so too. Yeah. I think so. I, you know, because I want people to enjoy themselves and you know, it's always interesting. I think a lot of times there's folks around here that read reviews about our show or us or this or that. And I've never cared ever about a review because I can't get in my head. And if I stay moving forward, And when I'm working on a show, I want to make sure that it's these people, what are their strengths, and then how can I challenge them as well? And that way we keep moving forward. But it's improv. I don't know what anybody's going to say or what they're going to do. And I've been in a few sticky situations with performers. And that went beyond the review. It went to a phone call that went to you know, to other things. And I've been through it all here, but I want to stay true to people being able to express themselves. And everybody's pretty good about knowing what's appropriate, what's inappropriate. There's very few times, and especially over the last several weeks, getting standing ovations and watching people really shine that I haven't been more proud of us reopening after a pandemic. Yeah. And being able to welcome these people back into the building who are craved for entertainment, laughter. And that for me, I like the different flavors of performers that we have because they make a great, it's a great mixture of people. It's true. That's true. No, and I'm with you. I mean, uh, one of my what a quotes I really like, I think it's a George Carlin thing where he's like, it's the duty of the comedian to find where the line is drawn and deliberately cross it. Yeah. 
And uh, I probably do that too often. Um, but I think I'm pretty good. I try to be good about my offstage persona and my onstage. Like, I, I know what you what can work on stage, And sometimes I do toe that line. I've gotten some oohs. I've gotten some yikes. <laughs> you know, I've gotten that from the crowd. You know what I mean? And I've, I've been here. Yeah, yeah. you've been here for it. Uh-huh. I mean, I've done it. You know what I mean? I get it. You know, but I'll get a couple laughs of those oohs. I, you I do. You do. You might hear like 70% ooh, but you'll hear like a 20% like ah, laughter, you know, and then maybe like just 10% quiet. If you, been in a scene and you deliberately stopped yourself from saying something because you just thought, eh, no, I better not. All the time. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I mean, like, I, that's how fast I gotta, like, do it in my brain here, because I'll be like, okay, here's the thing, and I'm like, don't do that. Uh, and I, I'll have to, like, I'll have to, like, end of my head, and I'm like, that might not go. How about this one? No, that's not. I'm like, I'm like, all right, here's the terrible joke. Uh, here's the very, and I like dark humor. You know? And I'm wondering if, like, with COVID and stuff now, if people are getting a little more tolerant of dark humor because it's sort of like we've had to cope with this stuff for two years. That you're sort yeah. of like, you can get a little, like, morose with it or a little morbid, and you're like, ah, you know, I mean, like, I just like it. I'm a little bit, I could be a bit of a cynic, you know, which is why when we play the game, fortunately and unfortunately, mm-hmm. I think a lot of MCs now know to not put me in, unfortunately. I've done okay with unfortunately, but I get, that's where in my head I'll get where I'm like, don't do this. Cause I'll be like, I could immediately take this really terribly and bad and here you go. But I like to unfortunate because if I'm someone who's kind of a, a bit more of a cynic anyway, and I, you know, because of that, I tend to find the silver lining in, in all things, right? You know, and so I like to unfortunately cause I'm like, okay, good. This, this, this sort of gets me out of the, the dark mode and be like, all right, find the light and, and the dark and stuff. But I'm with you. I think. With, this is a comedy house, you know, people come here, you gotta know that, like, bounds are gonna be pushed, you know, like, we're sensitive anyway. The theater is a, you know, if we're talking politics, whatever, it's a very accepting left, whatever, liberal thing, that it's like, I think everybody in a theater world understands and is very sensitive to people's feelings and stuff, but at the same time, it's like, it, it's not me exclusively. You can have some dark humor, you can make jokes that push that, you know, that are edgy or whatever, but you still can support the things that, you know, you can still be sensitive towards the world and the wokeness or whatever, and you can still care. But it's like, but when it comes to comedy, you got to know that things are jokes. And you can go, that is a bad, you're like, that's a dark joke. That's a, oh my God. But it was funny, you know? <laughs> and I'm very much like that, you know? And it's like, well, if I'm go- if there's a hell, I'm going to it because I've laughed too many at terrible things and I've made too many terrible jokes. But- well, and I think even after making you main stage and you're still wanting to do the musician role, it was so fun to sit back because when I wrote Page In as the director for a new musical Oh, yeah, those are always fun. Action movie. Yeah. And she was bringing (laughs) in people to audition. And I was just sitting over here on the sidelines. But I knew when I wrote that, that I was like, oh, Paige and Jake together is just going to be amazing. And sure enough, it was nice to see you on your own as the musician, but now actively inserting yourself. So it was my clever way. Oh, yes. Of going, I'm going to write this, and I guarantee you, because it's Paige, there will be some shit going down. And there was. And there was, and it was hilarious. <laughs> and I had a great time with it. And oh, I was yeah. like, it's like when you see someone finally owning it, and even though you're not even an actor, or even though you're main stage and you're over here on the side playing guitar you're still an amazing part of the show. Oh, and that's what you. I think is... Well, that's, that's why that's why I get up. It's like, let's give it up for him. I'm like, I'm getting up here, you know? <laughs> when it's the final bow and stuff, I'm like, I'm getting up here. I love I'm, it. I'm a, I'm a part it. of this. I you love know? that. I'm going to say my name. They're going to know me. Yeah. You know? So, no, it is fun. I mean, I write more of those because I, I do... I love those things. You know, sometimes I, I wonder, like, I want to, like, dabble more. Sometimes as a musician, I want to almost be your, like, Kevin Eubanks or something like that to yeah. your Jay Leno or to your... You know, I'm trying to remember the uh, other guy from 
Doc Severinsen. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> you went way back, John. Yeah, you went yeah, way back. I was thinking more like Letterman. I was yeah, trying to remember yeah. the guy from Letterman. Paul um, Schaefer? Yeah, Paul yeah, Schaefer. Paul there you Schaefer. go. Paul Schaefer. You know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'd be fun to be a musician. Like, And I'll do it, you know, like make comments, you know, like when Chip's doing his thing and I want to like make comments, you know, be almost like the sidekick to we'll, like we'll the put the, sometimes. We'll put one know. of the lab mics on you. And we'll just, oh, that would be fun. I mean, I would, yeah. Oh, you got to be careful with that, maybe. I don't know. Oh, no, no. <laughs> it's we'll, constantly we'll, a live mic on Jake. We'll, we'll, I will make a signal like this. <laughs> to the booth. Cut him off. <laughs> that is, bring him down. There'll be its own switch. I'm trying switch to MC right now. <laughs> all right. We could talk to you all day, but I'll, in I closing, could do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> one last, um, you gave a little bit of advice for apprentices. What's one last thought to leave to the apprentices at our theater or students of improv in general? Um, be bold. I mean, it's a, this is a bold thing to do. Be proud of yourself. It's a vulnerable thing. And not many people do it, you know. I think a lot of people want to do it. I think a lot of people don't because I think that it's, it's a, it can be a scary thing. I mean, it's the truth. You know, you get up on here on the stage. You know, my dad has something always been proud of me with that stuff, which, is, which feels good to coming from him because he's not always the type to, to say that sort of stuff. But he's always been very baffled at the fact that I can do that. You know, it's a very vulnerable thing. So people, students in general coming in improv, your apprentice is here revel in your boldness and just continue and realize that like you're with people who are just like you different backgrounds true but we all kind of have the same core which is like we're here to grow we're here for something new this is a challenge this is it's a journey and like we're all in this boat together just because you're new to it and you're talking to somebody who's been doing it for 10 years like don't be afraid of it like they're you know i still get sometimes butterflies i could still get nervous for shows and for certain scenes you know and it's like we're all the same, you know, here. And so I say revel in your boldness, keep being bold, keep challenging yourself. You know, don't be afraid of, you know, don't be afraid of other performers or anybody else or the situation, you know, I mean, like, or, or if you are like, then embrace that fear. Right. I mean, a great, another fun quote I love from Game of Thrones, Ned Stark, when you're afraid, can you be brave and afraid at the same time? You're like, that's the only time a man can be brave. And you're like, it's very true. You know, so you have to just fight through that fear and you grow. I mean, it's changed my life drastically with improv because I just feel more confident in me. I feel more like I like me, you know, I like my personality. Although sometimes that can, you know, sometimes not like me, but I can be very proud of myself which I, when I can objectively look back and go, damn, I've done some cool things that a lot of people don't do. And it grows, you know, there's a, and there's a reason why a lot of people that come here are people that maybe don't have a lot of theater backgrounds, right? You know, there's some people that are just like, oh, I'm a data scientist or, you know, I'm an engineer and they do things that like, they're like, this is my first time ever doing any sort of theater thing. And they come here for a variety of reasons. Maybe they come here because they're like, I need, I need help with like my social anxiety or, mm -hmm. or I want to get to know some people, or it's just my, my, my company's making me or whatever the reason. And then those probably end up staying like, I really like this, you know, you know, so you're having people that aren't exactly theater background like myself, Chip, right. You know, but John, I mean, you know, you were an engineer, right. I mean, yeah. this is something kind of, so you're having a lot of people that are like, I'm not some theater geek, right? I'm just, I'm another kind of geek or whatever, you know? And uh, <laughs> and they come here and then they they shine. I mean, they just, you know, it, however long it takes, you know, it starts and it's like a bug. And then all of a sudden, like maybe with the first day they came in, they were shy, quiet. And then now they're like, hey, you know? And, and that's a beautiful thing. Improv, I think, really, truly does change everybody. I think everyone should sort of just take a workshop, take a class, because even if you look at it as like, well, I'm not going to do anything with theater in my life. I'm just going to do business stuff. It helps you. You're like, I could do interviews better. You can do, you know, if you have to do a, a seminar or something or whatever like that, you just get more comfortable, you know, performing in front of people, being that vulnerability and life is constantly vulnerable, is it not? You know, so it's like it teaches you to sort of, I don't know, yeah, revel in that and, you know, you rise to the occasion. So 
that's, I guess, my advice to people coming in is like, continue being bold and be proud of yourself for it because this is a, it's a vulnerable thing and a lot of people don't do it. And I think more people should, but the fact that that's the case, you stand out and you're special. But I will say that it's always amazing to me that people that don't have a theater background that come in here, if they adhere to the training, they shine just as bright as I anyone. Who had theater backgrounds. Yeah. That's what's crazy about yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that like it really, it, it almost like levels the playing field in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can go, like someone come in and be like, I've never done anything theater in my life and I'm here with a bunch of like actors and stuff. And it's like, but they can go, but I feel like I'm, I did just as good of a job, if not better. You know, yeah. it's sort of because, yeah, I mean, and that's what I mean. Like we're all the same here because this is such a off the cuff thing. There's a reason why the audience, when you go and meet them, they're always so like, oh my gosh, you know, because it's, we don't know what we're going to do. I mean, we might have the game. We might, you know, okay, I know how to play the buzzer. You might get like how to do it well, but at the same time, like the juice of it is all new. And so when we fly it off the cuff, you know, and we do that in our everyday lives. If you think about it, every day you improvise, you're talking to your friend, you're improvising, you don't know yeah. what you're going to say, you know, but then when you throw a state, when you throw like people are watching and now you got to kind of be impressive or whatever, mm-hmm. people rise to occasion. Like you said, people do it and they, they kick ass. They're like, Hey, I'm just some, I'm just some nerd guy from Georgia tech and I'm going to come here and just take classes and then, and, and then shine. And then I shine. And then all of a sudden <laughs> they become a main stager and then there you go, you know? So it's a, it's a cool thing. So I'm pro improv to everybody else. And so I think they should, uh, I think everyone should take a class. It should be. So that's well, my little advice. Anyway, I rambled on long enough. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no, don't, M&M. don't give us interesting answers on a podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I will. I will. I can keep going. If you need more guests, I'll, you know, I could be a guy that just, you know, talks in the corner. Scoop's calling. Yeah. Scoop's calling right now. <laughs> uh, that means he's probably here. Hey, Scoop. We're just going to answer it on here. No, 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 no. He's not on there. Oh, he's not on there. That's okay. Don't edit this out, John. (laughs) Don't edit this out. I think this is going to be... Well, actually, considering I am the editor... Yeah. I know, but you shouldn't, you know? I think this is like this is like raw stuff, you know what I mean? Like, this is what people want. This is the, what they want to hear. They want to hear the behind the yeah. scenes. They want to hear the... If you're going to edit this out, this is what they want to hear. You know, you know? if I was yeah. going to do a completely unfiltered episode, this uh, would probably be the, the episode. Oh, you might yeah. want to... Well, no, if you do an unfiltered episode, let's do another one. Invite me on for sure. <laughs> yeah. And okay. we'll, have an, we'll have an unfiltered one, another one. We'll, yeah. we'll take that challenge until then. <laughs> Jake, you are well-deserving. You're a friend. You're incredibly talented as a main stager and just in general. Thanks for being here. And thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, Jake. Insight. Yeah. No, thank you. This has been a lot of fun. I'll do it again anytime. All right. Cool deal. Just bring me Starbucks next time. <laughs> <laughs> bring donuts or something, guys. Where's the food? We're talking about food here. You I know. got some Lay's potato chips. I'll uh, give you. Hey, I'll eat some Lay's. <laughs> Guys, they don't pay us. We don't we don't name <laughs> okay, I have plain potato chip. <laughs> we'll do improv for food. <laughs> All right. Hey. Um we will see you next week when we start talking to another main stager, this time Scoop Dawson. Until then, I'm John Mihalik. I'm Chip Powell. And I'm Jay Christensen. And see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, somebody's gotta let Scoop in. Uh, I'll get <laughs> Wait, which store is he at? Uh, I don't know. Okay. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. I hope I wasn't too... No, no, no. You know what? I don't think we even cussed in that episode. I mean... No, yeah. I might have said damn, but that was probably... Yeah. But I think that's okay to say. Yeah, well, sure. You might not even need to really edit too much out of that, John. I don't know. I even like the beginning before we even like technically started, like when we're just kind of shooting the shit. Really? I think that's funny. Listen to it again. I might think... 
Jake, I am going to listen to this at I least a half dozen times. I know you will. I know you will. But I think it's. I think you should keep it in because I think it's kind of funny. This, you know. Okay. I like the. I don't know. It was. It was. It was fun just sort of shooting the shit for a minute and then like. I, I don't know. Maybe an unfiltered episode, but I, I still feel the need to say fuck. Just yell it out into the microphone. Well, when we do that, we'll start it off like that. Ah! So when we do it, we do an unfiltered episode, we'll do it with like fuck. <laughs> just to get out of our system. <laughs> and now. I will stop. And now you're stopping recording. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as you heard, we had a lot of fun in this episode and we hope you enjoy it. Chip is the executive producer of the podcast. He's the guy with the ideas, sort of the story arc for each season. And he finally approves whenever I can get him something in time, what happens in the podcast. I do all the post-production and editing, and I work with Kate Arlo on writing the little bits that we have at the beginning and the ending of the episode. You'll hear Kate again next week. We love Bethany Rowe, our social media maven. And once again, I want to tell you that we're nonprofit. And this podcast was supported in part by the Georgia Council for the Arts through the appropriations of the Georgia General Assembly. Georgia Council for the Arts also receives support from its partner agency, The National Endowment for the Arts, which means we're on D.C.'s radar. And I'm coming for you, Congress. My dream of being the next Jon Stewart is this much closer. And remember, everything that you give us is tax deductible. I mean, think of it. If you're a Republican, you're leaving less tax dollars for liberals. And if you're a Democrat, you're leaving less money for those conservatives. Everybody wins. We'll be back next week with a much shorter, much more polished podcast. Until then, I'm John Mihalik, and on behalf of Chip Powell, thanks for tuning in.